Wake, O sleepers, it is time to shine. It is time for God's children to rise up like never before. So we are wanting an awakening like we have never had before and like we've never experienced. We want to go back to the Acts for our church. We want to go back to that time when the Holy Spirit filled us so, so filled them so deeply that the power of God just was upon them so heavy that people wanted what they have. And that's what we've got to get back to. And I remember the day the Lord told me, he woke me up and he said, we've got to go backwards in time, like when he walked the earth. And those were his words. And I just remember thinking, how will we ever do this? <laughs> but we are at that time in that place where we have to come together as a body of Christ and figure out how to make this work and how to come out of the system. I would like to say a prayer before we get started. Abba, you are our dad, and we just thank you so much for being who you are. We thank you so much that you love us enough to speak to us and show us your plans. I thank you so much for calling me as your watchman. And Lord, I just ask that you would expand my territory to where I can speak truth and wake more people up. Use the Holy Spirit however you wish, Lord, in my life and lead me where you want me to go. Lord, may, may every word out of my mouth be what you want to say. Lord, make it to where people see you and not me when I walk in a room. I want your voice, voice to be heard and I want people to see my life and be the example that I need to be to the point that they don't even know who I am as a person. They are just looking at something they've never recognized before. Abba, we just ask that, I ask that you would just wake this generation of children up that are wayward. We need that. We need an awakening on them like never before. We need something to waken them up. And Abba, just give me the gift of teaching and be able to teach your people what you have taught me. I just, I have such a desire to want to teach them the things that you've taught me in love so I can take your word and, and give it to them. I just love how much you are my teacher and you have changed everything. You've gone against everything that I've been taught my whole entire life, but I see the truth. I see the truth now and I just want so badly to wake people up. So I ask that you would open their ears and open their eyes and, and put new eyes have on their eyes, Lord. Help them see what they've never been able to see before. We do feel like there's an awakening happening. And it goes against everything biblically that we have seen. And we know you're at the door. And it's time. It's urgent. It's urgent for your children to wake up. And Abba, we don't know if there's a rapture. None of us really know. It's not for us to know. If the angels don't know, why would we know? So we just we just walk in the hope that there is something bigger and better. And we don't walk in fear. We don't walk in fear. We walk you know, covered under the wings of the shadow, the shadow of the wings of the almighty. And that's where we stand, Lord. And no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We are guarded and we are protected and we are shielded by your love, by your wings, by the Holy Spirit. You will send angels to guard us at all times when we, when we ask, Lord, you said that if we ask that you would give. So we ask for divine protection from the darkness in this world right now. Lord, we pray, like I said, we pray for this generation, Lord, that there will be something that will wake them up. We love our children so much, but we don't want to see them 
in eternity with the enemy. We want it, we want them to be with you, with us. And so we just ask for a supernatural awakening, Lord. We ask for supernatural healing on this earth that you have given us the power and the authority to do that, to cast out demons and to heal. So help us, teach us, show us how we get that power, Lord. Let my words be your words. Break my heart for what breaks yours. And I just thank you so much for being the best dad in the whole world. And I thank you for what you're doing in advance because I know that you love us and you have our best interest at heart and you are for us, not against us. And so we will hold on to shine in that light in the darkness, Lord. And you will distinguish the darkness with our light, Lord. We'll just like put it out, put the darkness out and the light will just suffocate the world and that's what we that's what we want we want the light to shine so brightly there is no darkness and even when we can only see a glimpse lord just a glimpse of light that we will hold on to that knowing that there's more light coming help us to know and discern the times that we're living in and and to discern the people that are in and out of our lives that we will be um, wise as a serpent, but gentle as a dove, and that we will be very careful about our home and our temple, and that we will make sure that we keep that house clean at all times. And so we know that we are hearing your voice and help us to remove the chaos of the world. Lord, help us to shut it off and help us to come out of Babylon. God, we just ask all of these things in your son's precious name, and we thank you so much for his blood and thank you so much for the cross. And we just thank you so much for that sacrifice. And thank you, Yeshua, for what you've done for us. Thank you that you gave us eternal life with you. And help us and guide us and direct us in all ways. In your son's precious name, amen. I felt the Holy Spirit moving today and I felt compelled to share with you some things that I I have been a watchman for about, well, since I realized I was a watchman, I guess, since 2013. And so I'm I'm learning as I go and I make mistakes and, you know, and I, I try not to speak. I always ask God to not let me speak if it's not of him. And, and, and I just want you to understand that I'm human, you know, and, and, but I want you to see something I never saw before. I got, I was like Jonah. I got so angry at people's sin. I couldn't, I went through a period of just anger and anguish and, deep, deep anguish and mourning for the church and just on my knees wailing out for the church just because I did not understand why they could go to church, why they could sin and go to church the next day. And I, I saw this growing up when I was in high school as well. And that's what led me to this journey was I remember asking God, how could they be Christians and be saved and live the way they do? I never understood that. So I was so angry with their sin. So that became the journey of God breaking me down. And I woke up one day and I said, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. I want to be the change in the world that I want to see. I realized I had been complaining and griping about all the things going on in the world, but I wasn't really, really willing to do anything about it. And I didn't know where to begin. I felt so overwhelmed and there's people out there. And I hope if you're one of them that you hear this, because we all have been there where we feel so overwhelmed that we just shut down and we think, oh, somebody else will take care of it. We'll wait on somebody else to take care of it. But like they've like they've said so many times, the church is a sleeping giant and it kind of gets, you know, pushed and woke up and it kind of growls and goes back to sleep. And it's time to not go back to sleep. We have to wake up. Jesus is at the door. And 
this message is kind of urgent, so please stick with me. I'm trying to keep it short. Uh, we don't have such a, we have such a low attention span, short attention span. Now that we, it's hard to even do these and get the get everything out that needs to be said. The Lord has kept me up about the temple for so long that I just keep feeling like there's something missing. So He keeps just pushing me to go back into the temple and and discover and see what's going on and and trying to understand, you know. The thing is, it was never about a temple made of mortar and hands and man's hands and mortar and stone. And um, it was never supposed to be idolatry. It was supposed to be inside of us. And Yeshua came to give us, we gave him a place to reside inside of us. And he left the Holy Spirit with us. And that's our gift. And I grew up in a Baptist church, a Southern Baptist church. The Holy Spirit, as far as my family was concerned, was a cult. I mean, they didn't know anything about it. And I still talk about the Holy Spirit. My family still does not understand. I'm not a radical charismatic or anything, um, but I've read my Bible. So I understand the Holy Spirit and I know him. And instead of asking for the gifts, which the church is really, the Lord has really been showing me this, that so many people want the gifts and they're so obsessed with the gifts that they don't know the Holy Spirit and they don't love him and know him the way that they need to. And I kind of went and did it backwards. I found out who he was and got to know him. And then I was like, wow, all these gifts, it's like Christmas. So um, I still don't fluently speak in tongues. I have a whisper. I, I, I find myself mumbling. I'm assuming that's it. I woke up twice speaking in tongues for Netanyahu before... But other than that, it kind of freaks me out, to be honest. It's just a, it's one of those things because I wasn't raised that way. I'm open-minded to it, but I want to know that I know that I know that it's God because there is a tongue of demons as well. And it doesn't mean that I'm not filled with the Spirit because I remember the day that I was filled with the Spirit. I fell to my knees trembling and I felt fire in my body. Um, It just, it almost knocked me over. It was so powerful. And... I know that I'm filled with the Spirit. So that is just a lie if people say that you don't speak in, if you don't speak in tongues, you don't, you're not filled with the Spirit. I, I have a prophetic gift, not, not, a, not one most people associate prophetically with. Um, I don't, I, I, sometimes I will speak into people's lives and not realize that it's prophecy or prophetic and, until they say something to me. I'll just be like, you know, I'll just randomly say something that I feel like, it's just on my heart and I'll say it and I'll realize that they needed that. So I'm starting to learn how to use that prophetic gift, but my prophetic gift is more about the gift of prophecy, meaning I see what, because I'm a watchman, the Lord allows me to see what's going on in the world and tie it to biblical prophecy and, and, and put the two together. So what I want to share with you is, is this, um, I've been Jonah I feel like I'm Jeremiah now and Daniel. I'm kind of just in that place where I'm a little bit of both. It depends what day it is. But the Lord has had me kind of isolated the last year to really spend time learning to love his people. And that's a hard place because, you know, it's, I'm a truth seeker. I am, I'm trying to get uncomfortable news to people. It's not easy. And so I'm learning how to do that. The Lord is training me and teaching me how to do this with love. And it's hard. Because, you know, the more I read the Bible, the more time I spent with God, the more he showed me the holiness that he asked us to live in. And we can't do anything to earn the kingdom of heaven. 
we can do things to keep us out of the kingdom of heaven. And the there's some stuff going on. I made some notes last night about the 10 virgins, and I've been studying that, and I'll do another podcast on that. But I've been studying about that. But I want to share something with you that I don't normally share with people. Oh, this is so hard. I had, I was married to a sex addict. I was, and some people know this and some people don't. Very few people know all the details. I was addicted to porn. And I had an addiction to masturbation because the, 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 the more sex you have, the more visual stuff you see, the more you want it. My kids will be mortified, I'm telling you. They don't even know. But when you're with somebody who's a sex addict, that spirit will start to impact you. And it will infect your home. And it did that with my life. And the spirit of Jezebel crept in and the spirit of Ahab and Leviathan. And, and these spirits are very real. And I remember my journey when it began, I went to the Lord and I said, I want to be the change that I want to see in the world. And the Lord said to me, well, well, first of all, I, I, I went to him and I, I said to him, I said, wait a minute. I, I took him first Corinthians six, nine. And I said, Lord, I need you to erase all religion from me. And I need you to be my teacher. I was in such a sad, broken, suicidal state that I needed him to just take over. I could hardly get out of bed some days. All I did was cry. I was a mess, but it was my own consequences and accountability for what I had done. The divorce was, and that's what we need to understand. There's always going to be consequences for divorce. It's just the way it is. It's our own free will and our selfishness. And the Lord said to me, well, I took 1 Corinthians 6 9 to him and I said, fornicators, adulterers, drunkards, liars, swindlers will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Are you telling me that you contradict yourself? Because the churches have told us that we are saved by grace through faith. And the Lord started to show me. He took me on a big journey. And that began my journey of, and it took me a long time to learn how to be taught, for one thing. It took me turning off the TV. It took me turning off the world. And as I did this, as I came out of the world system, <clears throat> meaning the television, the Hollywood, the, the movies, even magazines. I loved Glamour magazine. I stopped reading it. And I refused to even read it at the grocery store line. I would come out of the house to go get my hair done and go to the grocery store. That was it. I was so broken. I could not take a step. And I remember just feeling like a zombie going through the motions. And my life was a 30-minute interval. That's as far as I could think ahead of me. My family would call me, try to plan Thanksgiving, you know, a couple months down the road. I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. I live 30 minutes every 30 minutes. I live 30 minute intervals. I mean, you know, I don't know what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. I couldn't plan anything. I lost 25 pounds in, in like three weeks. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was a mess. And the Lord said to me, and I was single for six years, and the Lord said to me, I need you to stop fornicating. And I was like, did I just hear this right? Yes, I did. And I said, Lord, I don't understand. Why do you, why, uh, how am I ever going to find a husband? I wanted a husband so bad. I just, I'd been in a codependent relationship, married 24 years where I depended solely on my husband to be my God. And he depended on me. And 
when he started traveling Monday through Friday, the loneliness just took over and that allowed the demons to get, I mean, it just, so many demons came into our marriage. It was ridiculous. And so I look back now and that time when God asked me to stop fornicating, I I didn't understand. I was like, you know, I'm kind of like the rest of the world. Well, gosh, maybe, maybe I don't want to be a Christian anymore. This is just really bad because the rest of the world's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's sleeping with everybody. Why me? I didn't understand. I thought, wow, he's such a mean God. Why? Why do I have to to follow him? Why do I have to have all these rules? I mean, if I don't have sex with somebody, then I'm, I mean, that's only the only kind of love I ever saw in my life. And so as I realized really quickly that men didn't want me, they didn't love me. It, it wasn't like it was 1950, 1960, whatever they wanted the sex and they fell in love with the sex. And so my mom said to me one day, Jennifer, all they see is the sex when they look at you. And I just could not even grasp it. I I remember just thinking, how is this possible? You know, because I don't do that. I'm like, I'm a one guy kind of girl and I'm all about commitment and marriage and family and home and love and I'm old fashioned that way. So I just never could understand it. And I'd been thrown, I was like, I always say I was like a chihuahua thrown into the wolves, but in the wolf pack, but I didn't understand the new world that we were living in. And especially the thing that was hard for me were Christians who were fornicating all over the place. I had men that I went to church with Oh, they liked me and they wanted me to go out with them to lunch or whatever. And they were just acting so interested in me and they loved Jesus. They were leading me to the bedroom. And I will tell you this, that the Lord that day that began my journey and I asked him why I had to stop. He took me to Genesis 3 and Genesis 6. And he showed me why he hates fornication. But it wasn't just fornication why he hates sexual immorality and he hates sexual immorality because of that seed that was spread throughout the world that evil seed that corrupted humanity from the fallen angels that came down and mated with women when i started to realize this and i started to see the pain that i had caused my dad not to mention my family, myself. I was devastated. And my heart's desire is to show people what he's shown me. That's what I really desire to do. I want them to open their eyes and understand that God is not mean. He's not angry and hateful and all these things. I mean, he might be angry. I think he is. I've seen his eyes on fire, but, but I don't want them to see, I want him to see a loving dad. And the problem is that we have taken the father, this, the, the, the elite people have taken the role of the father out of the home. And that's what happened. I was raising three boys by myself. He left, my husband left to travel and I was left raising three boys alone and it was hard. They needed their dad. And they have no respect for their dad. They have no respect for me. They have no fear of him. Just like they have no fear and respect for their heavenly father. I can tell you that this is 
been intentional and it's been planned by the enemy for many, many years. And I come across as this person on social media who wants to just tell everybody to stop living in sin and stop fornicating and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is I've been there. And I remember the Lord said to me, I need you. And I heard this plain as day. I need you to stop fornicating so I can use you. And I said, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And he said, the Holy Spirit. We are never meant to do anything in our own strength. It is through God and through the Holy Spirit that we're able to do this. I have a friend who is really struggling with her husband wanting to drink a lot. And they go to church and, you know, she's struggling. And um, it takes 21 days to break a habit, really. I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty, I think it's actually, yeah, it takes 21 days. And, you know, drinking has become the norm, especially here, you know. And she's from Europe, and so they have a glass of wine with every meal. But here... People are like, they don't have just one glass of wine. They have two to three drinks every meal, and they think they're normal. But the truth is they're not. They're, they're, they're alcoholics, but we just don't want to accept it. And so I don't drink, and so people think I'm weird. But we have really flipped roles, that's for sure. But anyways, I was doing a study, and um, they were all drawing words, and they drew the word masturbation. And, of course, I got it, and I had to teach, and I had to go home and do my homework, and Oh, I could not believe I got that word. I thought, man, this is making me so uncomfortable. I'm having anxiety just even talking about this. But I had to stop. And you get men who think that, I mean, you get people who cheat on each other because they feel like they have to have that release or they have to sleep. Mike's husband had to have sex to sleep and relax. He couldn't unwind. And I became his blow-up doll. But my point was with all of this stuff is that I had to crucify my flesh and I could not do it alone. I had to have the Holy Spirit and I had to have his help. And with his direction, I was not only able to quit masturbating for like three years, but every sexual desire I had as a single woman was gone And I will tell you, that is the Lord that took that from me. And I give him all praise and honor and glory for that. But the thing about it is, did I want to do that? No. But did I have to do that? Yes. I knew the times we were living in. And the flesh gave Satan power over my life. And as soon as I understood that, I didn't want to give him that power anymore. I was being attacked all hours and day, night of hours of the night and day, and it was because I was letting the flesh control me. I had opened that window, that crack in that window that allowed him to come in. And this is what I want to tell you: the Holy Spirit. When we do these things, we fornicate, whatever. We are grieving the Holy Spirit, and I was grieving him so badly that I couldn't hear his voice. He would go silent on me to the point I would beg and plead for him to come back. And it would take a long time to get him back. And I, it wasn't that I 
wanted to it wasn't it wasn't that honestly i i will be blunt about this i would rather i i was so lost without the holy spirit that i would rather quit doing things that feel good at the moment to know that i have him with me at all times and will not be and and i will be able to hear his voice and discern at all times than to be pleasured and have that window of oh it feels good right now and then go home and be without him for days on end and I learned through that to stop doing it and you know it's one thing if you repent repent means to change your mind change direction stop doing it if you keep repenting and you keep returning to that same sin you're going to keep God God's going to eventually turn you over to that sin because your free will is having more power and control over your life than the Holy Spirit. And so this is why it's so important to have this, you know, circumcision of the heart and this transformation of the heart. Because when you truly know the Holy Spirit, you don't want to do these things that hurt him. That's why we have six churches full of people going, I love God, I'm a Christian, but they're not living it. They haven't had the transformation. They have not had that shift to transform them. And God is calling those people back. And we will continue to see thousands to our right and left fall because they're going to start falling because we are asking for the fire of the Holy Spirit to come down. And as it comes down, there will be people that cannot tolerate it and handle it. And they're going to die. I'm watching so many people sick right now and so many people being attacked and so many people dying, even ministers, because they are being attacked and, and, and the demons are just on a tear right now. And Satan knows his time is short. So we have to understand we are not going to be able to continue in the world that we lived in and carry on the way we were. It's time to change. And as hard as it is, I'm telling you, you're listening to somebody who has done it. Okay, I've lived it. I can't judge anybody because I've been there. But I have the ability to judge them righteously if they're my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I have the ability to tell them, please stop. Stop. You're only hurting yourself. And you're hurting God's heart more than anything in the world. And if you understood, and I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about if you really went and read your Bible and started at Genesis 3 and 6, you would see why God wants you to stop doing these things that give the enemy power. These disembodied spirits are, so the giants breeded, they had the, the hybrid, the Nephilim, whatever, they had the hybrid spread throughout the world, or they had they were spread throughout, I mean, throughout that time, and they were cannibals, they were eating people, they created these giants, and as they died, their spirits lived on, and those spirits are the d- demons, the demonic spirits I talk about a lot, that are roaming to and fro looking for sin, and they're looking for sin because they're looking for a host to live in. That host has to have blood and oxygen for them to survive. So that sin gives them power and it gives them legal rights to do to be to to possess you to not possess you but oppress you. I I I just I disagree there's some things going on in the world that make me wonder if we do have the ability to be possessed because I know people that make it sure makes me wonder if they are and they call themselves Christians. You you can't be a Christian and live in the flesh. You can't. And Jesus died. Jesus went into the desert, the wilderness, 
40 days and 40 nights to show us that it was possible. And if you read Hebrews 1 through 5, it's very, very clear. He was higher than the angels and became lower than the angels. There will be no excuse on judgment day for sin. Yes, our sin is paid for, but it's very clear those people will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, do I think there could be different levels and that not all will inherit the kingdom of God? Yes. But I don't know about you, but I don't want to get in by the skin of my teeth. I want to get in and sit next to Jesus. I'm like, I'll be, I want to be right by him. You know, I don't want to be by myself. But it goes back to the 10 virgins. And this is, this is the thing that we're really studying right now. My sister and I, we're really breaking it down and letting God lead us on this. But it's clear 50% went in and 50% didn't. So that makes me think there might not be levels. It's very clear. They claim they knew him, but he did not know them. And there's some there's some things that God is speaking to me about about that parable that I missed before. And I, I'm anxious to show you and, and do this and I'll do this. I'll probably do a video on it. But the thing is, it says that there are people that barely get in, barely get into heaven, basically, basically, or barely get into the kingdom of God, and then and their works are all burned up. And so, I think a lot of pastors are going to be that way. I think they're going to be the ones who got in, but their works were burned up because they knew the truth and they didn't preach it, or they didn't. You know, I might be wrong, but. You know, there's there's some things that we're studying and we're kind of just breaking it down trying to get God to show us. And it might not be time for us to know. That might be the other thing. It might just not be time for us. But I want to teach you this parable correctly. And so I'm asking God to really, really make sure that I know it inside and out before and that it's time for me to tell you what I've found. But... The thing is, we, we are not going to be able to give, sorry, that was my Bluetooth. We're not going to be able to give flesh power over our lives and inherit the kingdom. And we are at a time and place that we need to crucify our flesh. Jesus died the way he died to show you that it can be done, to show you that it's possible that it can be done. And I am living proof that it can be done. And my heart's greatest desire is that you overcome the flesh and you get to inherit God's kingdom. Because what we do here in this world, these are our works, basically how we live our life for Jesus. Are we going to bury the things that he gave us or are we going to go into the kingdom with them? It's not that we, we, we can't earn it. That's been paid for. But do I think there's things that can keep us out? Absolutely. He's very clear about that. God does not contradict himself. God is not a mean person. He's not a hateful person. And I do believe that God is giving, he is long suffering. And he's, he's showing me some things that I can't speak about right now. But I will tell you this much. He's got a lot of surprises lined up that the people at the top don't see. And he's only revealing this to his people who seek him and are obedient. And we're going to be the ones who hear his voice and know the truth as it happens. But it's just so, I'm so fascinated by what he did with the Bible because he's really showing us what Satan's plans are. 
And he just keeps saying, do not fear. Do not fear. We're going to have to walk in faith with God and know that he's got something bigger. And something bigger that they don't know about. And so, um, gosh, I was doing something this morning and I wish I could remember what it was. And I felt like the Lord was showing me and I knew I would forget it if I wrote it, didn't write it down. And it was so little and it was like so important that, oh, I'll see if I can remember it. And if I do, I'll have to write it down and do it later. But something, it was just so simple But he was showing me that, you know, he loves his children. He's not going to leave them beheaded. He's not going to come back for a beheaded bride. He's not going to leave his children. And we have to stop. He's not going to leave us just hanging. We have to stop speaking things like the beheadings and stuff. Because that's been happening for thousands of years. We've been losing this war. The saints have been losing this war because we've been been rocked to sleep by Satan. But we're waking up. And God's going to use his church to rise up. And then he's going to return for with a church that's that that we are going through tribulation now. And if people can't see it, I mean there's it's right in front of them. But the problem is religious spirit has done some serious damage and the churches have done a lot of damage. I ask you to take this to the Lord. Because here's the thing. I can tell you when I would fornicate, I was not hearing the voice of God, and I thought I was. It wasn't until I learned who he was, and I learned his habits, and I learned about grieving him, and I learned about the sin, and I learned not to do it. I learned to not touch that hot stove, because I would rather have him than not have him in my life. And there's a lot of people in the church walking around leading people to the bedroom. And that's opening up a door for Jezebel and Ahab and Leviathan. And let me tell you, when you tell somebody you will not sleep with them, it weeds them out really fast. And I can tell you, every man that approached me, God said, no, nope, nope. I was like, I used to make a joke about it. I said, I don't know if I'm ever going to recognize the word yes when I hear it. It was so many years of just hearing the word no. I just began, it became, it became routine for me. It was just a big joke. But, you know, the thing about it is, I'm not, I mean, I gave birth to three children or four children. So I literally, like, it isn't like I'm a virgin. As, as one of the guys said, well, it's not like you're a virgin, and I'm like, wow, we go to church together and you know God and you're trying to talk me in the bedroom. Wow. It's not like you're 20, Jennifer. No, I wasn't 20. But in God's eyes, I was a new creation. I was a new, I had crucified my flesh. I had died with Christ. I was, I was crucified with Christ. And I know the difference between that and being 16 years old and getting baptized and saying, I'll follow Jesus. I am not a Christian. I am a disciple. And I choose to follow him. And that means I have to lay my part on the altar. And I have to give my, I have to give back. And if you read the Bible, God is very clear about this. Because of the thing, the thing is the free will keeps us in bondage to Satan. And so that's what gives him legal rights. And so we have to keep laying things on the altar to show God our commitment. And this is what he said to me. I said, God, I trust you. I trust you. I love you. I trust you. And he said, I don't trust you. 
And that hurt. That hurt me so bad that it made me want to change. And I just encourage all of you that have addictions, have fleshly issues that you're dealing with. I was getting, I was putting this in my book, but the problem is my book has been put on hold. The Lord is at the door and I'm telling you, we are that close that my book doesn't matter anymore. And it's time for the church to wake up and get their lives right. And this is, this is, I am sounding the alarm. This is what I do as a watchman. So I'm telling you, it's time to crucify your flesh and repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And yes, the one thing you love more than anything will be the one thing, the one thing you do not crucify, that you love more than anything, will be the one thing that you're doing when Yeshua returns. And he has told me that. If you love alcohol, you'll be drunk. If you love sex, you're going to be fornicating. I sure as heck know that I do not want to be doing any of that stuff when he returns. I want to be about his business and about my father's business when I'm out in the world doing things. I don't want to be sitting at a high school football game. I want to be doing his work. And if you don't want to be doing that when he returns, then you probably aren't a Christian. And that's hard to say. But I'm just telling you, it is time to get your life right with God. It is, the end is near. How near? I don't know. I don't make dates, set dates. But I will tell you, it has been confirmed over and over again, he is at the door. And he has told me that I have to take care of some things before he returns. And when we were at church on Saturday, I had my head down and the pastor always says, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? And literally, as soon as he stopped speaking, I turned around and looked at the person next to me and I said, you have to get baptized. That's That was what he said. And she agreed. And you have to do it quick, I said. That was what he was telling me. Anything that you have, unforgiveness, anger, bitterness, anything you have, it needs to go. And the Holy Spirit will lead you and he will help you crucify this flesh. I love you so much in Jesus. I love you so much. And I know that you feel like this world is just so overwhelming and so hard right now. But we're going to have a party in heaven or in the kingdom. And I want you to be there with me. I want my family, new and old, my children. I want my friends. I want everybody to experience the kingdom of heaven. This world's going to pass away really soon. And I just pray that you're ready to meet your maker. And I, I ask you to also remind yourself of all the people that have passed on before you. Because you will be separated from them for an eternity. If you choose the other way. I just want to tell you God bless you. And I will talk to you later. Lord willing. Have a wonderful and blessed day.